Good afternoon. We're here at the issue at the Cube Conference 2021. I'm here with Simeon Dickerson, the board member at Jefferson Parish in Louisiana. And a little uh, crazy times there in uh, in your state and uh, area, though. So uh, obviously, with the hurricane and you know having some challenges with that, I'm sure there's some opportunities to do some rebuild. Absolutely. I'd love to hear your perspective on. With that opportunity, do you see yourself finding other ways to enhance your, your facilities beyond just the rebuild? Would you like to see enhancements that do do more for the students? Well, the thing about it is, in Louisiana, is we have a spirit of resiliency. Regardless, we know that a hurricane is coming, a, a potential hurricane is going to come at any time between June and November. And we, some of us hunker down, some of us evacuate, but at the end of the day, we prepare for it. And we also prepare to come back and rebuild. And when I think about rebuilding, that is, there's so many um, avenues in regards to rebuilding, whether it's through construction, through mental rebuilding, uh, physical rebuilding, everything is gonna happen. Um, this is one of those opportunities within with schools because we do have a lot of schools that were totally um, damaged, um, some of them destroyed, to whereas uh, we're gonna get new things, we're gonna get new technology, um, we're gonna have teachers coming in revamped. So yeah. it's 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 a, it's an opportunity to 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 again build and, and move forward. Well, that's a great opportunity to as a board member and a leader. Clearly, I'm sure you guys as a, as an institution want to have your fingerprints on making sure the guidelines are in place to have the students you know be effective on what the, what the new facilities look like so yes. talk to me about how you come together as a board to make these critical decisions for your district and do you have any challenges to make sure you gain a consensus to decide this is the path we should go on clearly you know it's always going to be you know discourse that right, you know, right. leads to you know, decisions. Absolutely. So, with our board, it's we, we it consists of nine members, and we all come from different backgrounds. Um, we all we don't have the same issues, um, even in terms of the hurricane. Um, some districts were hit harder than others. Um, whether, but all of us received damages within our district. So we at this point came to to a consistent decision to give. Um, uh, an executive power to our superintendent to make this uh, contractual decisions um, in regards to rebuilding the schools. But other than that, I think that you know we work together as a, a unit. We work well together. Um, of course, we don't agree on every everything, and I don't think this would be a perfect world, a great world, if we were to agree on everything. You know, so um, it's definitely not herd immunity when it comes to thinking on our on our board. But we try to do what's best in the best interest for our children in our school system. That's great to hear. And this is your third term on the school. No, this is my first term, but it's entering the third year. Third year of your first yes, term. Wow. Yes. So you're still somewhat new to the uh, to the board right, at, this, at this point in your career. Absolutely, because I didn't have any aspirations to become a politician. The opportunity sure. it, it, it came there. It was extremely fitting because I had a career in education. Strangely, since I was 17 years old, starting off at a summer camp. But um, from 
just being on the board these three years, every day is I'm learning something new. You know, look at me right now, sitting here giving an in interview. Um, I majored in mass communications at Southern University, so kind of <laughs> astute on what's going on. And it, it feels great just being an opportunity to represent the kids and my constituents in my community and trying to make the, 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 the best decision, even though some people may not agree with it all the time, but I have to make the best decisions that's conducive to the progression of my students. Well, that's that's great to hear that, and, and it's kind of a thankless job sometimes being on the school board. And, yes. Uh, I, I'm sure that probably doesn't get as appreciated as it should in the community that you stepped up and you're not getting paid for this. You know, this right. Is, this, is a, right. this is a volunteer position here. Um, and I'm sure your fellow board members do have similar situations, but what do you find that uh, allows your your group to come together? Is is there training that you have participated in with the, with other board members that help you understand as a new board member what it takes to to become an effective organization? Is there anything that you found helpful to help you that besides just observing and just learning on your own? Okay, so of course there's new board member orientation and that's great and a lot of information is provided but you're not going to retain all that information at once so you do have mentors in your community that actually helps you along the way so I have um, a mentor Byron Lee he's a councilman right now if I ever need him I can reach out to him I also have a, good, a dear friend of mine Mark Spears who's former councilman but also serves as our justice of the peace right now that's uh, they're extremely astute when it comes down to politics so if I have any questions any quarrels I can definitely call them and they've been astronomical in regards to that so um, other than that you every day there's something different for me to learn and then there are conferences like Q great organizations um, NSBA different organizations, different professional developments that actually helps with my maturation as a board member. Well, that sounds fantastic. It's great to hear you're gaining something out of it. Yes. For a future senator or congressman, are you, are you stopping at the school board? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? It's, um, in, in politics, there's always an opportunity that arises, but I, you, you just have to choose what's a, a, a better fit for you and a better fit for your community. Wonderful. Well, let's let's go on another angle here on, sure. on equity. Of course, that's been a hot topic for many years. Yeah. I think it's gaining some traction again. And what does that mean, in your opinion, no, equity within the school systems? What does that mean? Okay, so I can give you $100, just hypothetical number. Mm -hmm. I can give my school hypothetical $100, but we have different needs. And this $100 may not be equitable at my school. You know, um, you know, we all understand that we're equal. And even though the, the equality and equity is synonymous, it has two totally different meanings. And it also changes the ball game. And it makes the, 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 the playing fields fair, level. And I, I believe that moving forward that every kid, every American kid, every kid around this world deserves an equitable chance. Even as adults, we need to be put in a, in a situation where we can thrive. And I think the, 
common denominator for all of us to thrive, it it resides in equity. So um, it's something that I totally believe in. Um, it's become my life's work, and I am committed to it. And hopefully, there will be more people that's willing to understand the difference between equality and equity and, and move forward. That's a, that's a great uh, approach and a passion to have yes. because it trickles down, obviously, to the next generations. And, and it's a tough, sometimes people don't quite understand that, that nuance between equality and equity and how, like, like you said, the example of giving $100 to two different needy organizations mm -hmm. may not fulfill their needs in the same way. So, right. And that's a tough balancing act of trying to determine that you know that ultimate how do you treat this person the same or this group of people the same as this, mm -hmm. this other group yeah you know historically in this country it's sad to say that different groups especially uh, groups of people that look like me we haven't been treated with equitable opportunity at all so uh, I'm, I'm glad to be a part of this fight um, we're in Atlanta right now in the spirit of John Lewis just creating good trouble yeah and that, that's always going to make this world a better place. 100%. It's great to hear the passion. Uh, is there anything else you think as a school leader? Do you have children? Yes. Are they in the district? No, they're actually growing up. Yeah. <laughs> Older and they've long gone through there. Yes. But I'm sure as a parent, right? Yes, but I'm a product of this of, of the school system. So you went to the same school? Yes. Uh, I, I didn't graduate high school. went to private school for high okay. school, but from kindergarten to eighth grade, I'm a product of it. And um, being in this position, I understand now that um, the public school system affects all of us in every manner of life. Absolutely, property values, you know, everything. everything associated with from the, from the economy and you know, the psychological effects of, of, of the community. Yes. And, and you have your ability to have some imprint on, on that. And, it, and, and it's, I, I would just ask you, you know, one, one last thought here is, if, if, if you, know, you could have a magic wand and wave it, what do you think you would, what would you want to see most being changed? What would you like to see? If you could wave a magic wand, what would you like to see? Do you think is the most impactful thing to help change the community? Wow. Um, I would definitely strengthen the relationship with our schools and our communities. Excellent. Absolutely. Because like, when, even when you look at a football game, when these kids are performing and when they see their neighbors in the stands, when they see their family members in the stands, they see little kids looking up, you know, seeing them, they, they go harder. And it'll, it'll, it'll be the same thing in terms of academics. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, you can show up for a football game, but show up for the science fair. If, if I've been in a situation with a, a, a cousin of mine who was working to provide for his family, but he couldn't make it to donuts with dad. And I was available. It's things like that. Just making yourself available, um, even if it's through donations. Right now with Corona, we can use water yeah. in our schools. We can use sanitizer. You know, we have, like, there's so many people that stocked up. You're never gonna use all of this, but we can definitely use this in the school system. So I definitely strengthen our community relationship with our schools, um, I think that would be extremely impactful because it makes our jobs as a board member much easier, yeah. you know? 
That's a, that's a great observation, and 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 this is a common thing with school districts. You know, they're taxpayer funded, right? So, right. and if you don't have kids, do you feel the are you are you having any engagement in the in the school mm-hmm. system other than paying taxes? But if you're you let the come community use your buildings at night. I mean, if they come and there's so many technical legalities right now, you know, everybody wants to sue. So we can't be responsible for that. And, you know, and just calling the spade a spade, everybody, any opportunity for money, someone's uh, coming in. Right. But, you know, we we do allow for different reasons. We allow people inside the school. It's, of course, come to a halt in the last year and a half, two years because of Corona. But we, as a school system, we do invite the community in. So, um, like, with the private schools, no, they're not Jefferson Parish schools, but they've been using our facilities forever. The school that I graduated from, they just got a a stadium built. And I I want to say in the past three years, but they've been using it for two now. But, you know, we always extend the invitation for them to come use it. Like, right now, it's probably damaged. They need to play a game, they can come back to our um, facilities and use them. So we rely on each other, and we just work together. So I'm definitely going to say that they can come in and use our facilities. That's a great approach, you know, having that that connectivity to the community and finding ways to involve the community is, is going to only enhance that connection. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I think that's a great goal to have. Just keep at it, right? Right. Just keep being creative and finding ways to make those connections, I think, is, is a good good approach to take. And any last thoughts before we, we close our, our interview? Oh, man, just thank you for the opportunity to sit down and express my thoughts and express my feelings and you for willing to for being willing to listen and understand. So I think that's, you know, of course, there's no gap needs to be bridged uh, bridge because we're at Cube, so we kind of think together, so it's just just the opportunity to have this opportunity. I'm thankful for it. I, I tell people all the time this is the best job I, I've ever had. It doesn't pay anything, but it's it's extremely validating and it's fulfilling, and to do your life's work, I think you I, I think I may live longer. <laughs> you know, so. Thank you very much, Simeon. Appreciate it. I thank you. And, thank uh, you so I'm, much. I'm Brian Cromwitter with Issues from Education. Just if, uh, if you have the desire to reach out to Simeon Dickerson, we will have some contact information on the YouTube video. Feel free. I think he'd love to speak with you. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right.